And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Today we're starting a new series called Taking the Limits Off God. Taking the Limits Off God. And today I want to talk to you about overcoming fear because fear causes a lot of people to limit what God will do and can do in their lives. You see, when this life is over and you and I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you don't want the Lord to say, well, well done, thou good and faithful servant. However, you limited me here and you limited me there. So today, what we're going to do is start a study of the book of Joshua, and we're going to look at Joshua's life. You know, he and, he and Caleb were, were two of the millions of Hebrew children the Hebrew people who came out of Egypt, crossed over the Red Sea, were 40 days, 40 years in the wilderness, and they were the only two of the spies who brought a good report. They said, we can take the land, but the other spies said, no, we can't. And the Bible says this about Caleb, and it's true of Joshua too, it says that he had a different spirit. And here's what it says over in Psalm chapter 78, Verse 41, about the children of Israel that limited God in the wilderness, those who said, we can't go take the promised land. Here's what God says. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. That's a a verse we're going to be using throughout this series. They limited the Holy One of Israel. How did they limit him? They limited God because they feared their circumstances rather than trusting God's promises. And every time you and I have a fear of our circumstances that's stronger than our trust in God's promises, you are limiting what God can and wants to do in your life. And let's be honest, there's a lot of fear in the world today. A young man just told me just last weekend, he he says, I get afraid for my wife and children. I'm afraid sometimes that I can't go to sleep because I'm afraid that that North Korea or Russia is going to send a nuclear warhead in our direction. Well, I would just say this. The Bible says God neither slumbers nor sleeps. That means that you and I get to slumber and sleep. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus said in the last days, men's hearts are going to fail them for the fear of things that are coming on the earth. And people are afraid of a lot of things. There are some people that are afraid of flying. Of course, they're afraid they're going to get beat up and booted off the plane. No, that's, (laughs) I hope they're not afraid of that. But they're afraid of flying. Some people are afraid of the dark. Some people are afraid to drive in a, in a big city. Here's the deal. God does not want you to be afraid. He doesn't want you fearful. He wants you to be faithful. And you can't be fearful and faithful at the same time. Amen? So make up your mind, I'm going to be faithful, not fearful. Now, God said, Joshua, I've got success for you and I've got prosperity for you. And, and let's look at some of the things God told Joshua to do. Starting at chapter 1, verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, 
Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the children of Israel. The very first thing God says to Joshua, he says, hey, Moses is dead. I want you to arise and I want you to move forward. Everybody look at me. I want you to hear this. When you come to a transition in life, it's essential that you purpose in your heart. I'm not going to park in this place of transition. I'm not going to let this thing cause me to go in a downward spiral, but I'm going to arise and I'm going to go forward with my life. I'm going to stiff arm dread and fear and everything that would seek to paralyze my emotions. And I am going forward. Now, the children of Israel have just experienced the death of Moses. You say, well, why was that consequential? It was consequential because Moses was a mega leader. It was Moses who encountered God in the, in the backside of the desert. It was Moses that obeyed God and went down and confronted Pharaoh himself and said, let my people go. And then did ten signs and wonders such as never been seen. Finally, Pharaoh said, okay, you can go. It was Moses who was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt toward the Red Sea when the armies of Pharaoh and the armies of Egypt tried to come upon the Israelis to recapture them. It was Moses who prayed and God sent a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to stand between them and the armies of Egypt. It was Moses who prayed and God sent a strong east wind and it blew all night long and it parted the waters of the Red Sea. It was Moses who led the charge and the children of Israel, millions of them, walked across as on dry land. It was Moses who, when the children of Israel didn't have anything to drink, he struck the rock and water came out of a rock. It was Moses who, when the children of Israel didn't have anything to eat, he prayed and God sent a manna in the morning and quail at night. It was Moses who, it says in the book of Deuteronomy, was a prophet who knew God face to face. Now here's the deal. Life is full of transition. You may be at a transition point this morning. Maybe you've experienced the death of a loved one. Maybe you've experienced the death of a husband or a wife or a son or a daughter, a son-in-law, a daughter-in-law, a mother, a father. Maybe you've experienced an unexpected illness. Maybe you've experienced something that's absolutely floored you. Maybe you've had somebody to steal from you. Maybe you've had a financial setback. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Maybe, maybe you're battling despair and battling depression. Maybe hopelessness is trying to encapsulate you. Folks, here's what I want to say to you today. Fear has got the the gall to knock on everybody's heart. It even knocks on my heart sometime. But God wants you to know some things this morning. God is your refuge and strength, and He's a very present help in time of trouble. Hallelujah. God wants you to know that there is a secret place of the Most High, and you can abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and you can say of the Lord, He's your strength. He's your strength. He's your refuge. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Some of you say, well, pastor, I'm just, I'm just kind of burnt out. I just, I just, my get up and go is gone and I'm not enthusiastic about life and this, I'm just burnt out. I want you to hear this. Burnout is real. Sometimes we can burn the candle at both ends until we do burn out. But underneath burnout is despair. Underneath burnout is not just being tired. Underneath burnout is hopelessness. Underneath burnout is the loss of hope. My Bible tells me that Jesus Christ is our hope of glory. Now abides, Paul says, faith, hope, and love. Whatever you do, don't ever let go of your hope. I'm telling you, I've read the back of the book, and we win. And you say, well, well, I'm just numb because of what I'm going through. I just, I'm just numb. I just, my emotions have, are, are playing tricks on me. Your emotions will play tricks on you. That's the reason man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jeremiah 17 says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? There are times your emotions and your heart, if you go by your emotions and you go by your heart, it will sabotage you. That's the reason we go by what the Thus saith the Lord, hallelujah. Psalms 20 says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and we stand upright. Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run to and we are safe. Look again at verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise. Everybody say, arise. arise. Number one, number one, what do you do when you're going through transition? You say, I'm not going to park here. I'm not going to live here. I'm not going to let this transition time define me, but I'm going to arise and I'm going to go forward. He says, now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, to the children of Israel. Every place, I love this, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now, now, now look at verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot's going to tread upon, I've given you all the way, all the way up to Lebanon. Lebanon was on the north. All the way to the east over to the Euphrates River. Israel has never, never captured all that property. But that was the promise. He says all the way to the Great Sea on the west. That's the Mediterranean Sea. Kathy and I have sat on the shore of the Mediterranean at Haifa, Israel and watched the sun go down there. He says as the sun goes down. I was thinking about this verse of scripture. He says every place that the soles of your foot shall tread upon. Many years ago, Kathy and I were, we needed a bigger house, but we couldn't afford a bigger house. Anybody ever felt that way? We need a bigger place. I just can't afford a bigger place. And we had, we had two little girls and, 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 and we're getting ready to, to get another one. And we just needed a bigger place. She was in the, she was in the pipeline, man. She was in the stove. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. My wife is the prettiest pregnant woman in the world, I tell you. <laughs> Hallelujah. We saw an article in the paper. It said, we, we owned a, a townhouse 
And this, this ad in the paper, we'd been looking at, at houses, and we love this particular neighborhood. And it says, single family home in the neighborhood we like said, we'll sell or trade for a townhouse. Man, I've, I called that man. I went over to see him. And I remember I was walking around the yard, and I started thinking about Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. Every place that the soles of your foot shall tread upon, I have given you. Make a long story short. <laughs> He gave us fully appraised value for our townhouse, and we gave him substantially less than what his house was appraised for. And what we did, we actually swapped properties, and I gave him a little more cash. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thank God for realtors, but I didn't pay a realtor's commission on that. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, when God puts it together, he knows how to put it together. Amen? Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I have given to Moses. I I think what God is actually doing here, he says, Joshua, I want you to arise. But then he says, I'm going to paint you some vision. Folks, you need God-given vision in your heart as you're going forward. You say, well, what is vision? It's simply looking into the uncharted waters of the future. And it's setting a course. It's establishing some goals. And it says, this is the way I'm going to get from here to there. I may not know how everything's going to work out i may not have all the t's crossed and all the i's dotted but i just believe that god's in this thing and i'm going forward with my life can you say hallelujah in your mind's eye i want you to see a white-haired gentleman sitting on his front porch in a rocking chair he has just recently retired from the postal service the new mailman comes his replacement And gives him his mail in his hand. He's looking through the bills and he finds what he's looking for. His social security check. He opens up that first social security check. He looks at it. And then he gets very, very sad. He asks himself, is this all that life is now? Me sitting on the front porch looking forward to the social security check. And as he sat there, he said, Lord, would you help me? I need some help. I don't want to live the rest of my life this way. And it occurred to him that he could write down every single ability that he possessed. Every single marketable trait. Everything that he might add value to other people with. He made a long list. And he began reviewing that list. He says, okay, which of these things that I can do that I've got in my life, these life experiences, which of these are unique? And which will people really like? And he found one thing that he thought was very unique and that people would like. And it was this. He said, I'm the only person that knows my mama's recipe for fried chicken. And he says, mama always used 11 herbs and spices. He went to a local restaurant. He talked to the owner. He asked him, he says, could I cook the chicken here and could I try out this recipe And the man said, I've got nothing to lose, sure. And about three weeks later, fried chicken was the most popular thing on the menu. And so this man quit his service there at the restaurant, and he opened up his own restaurant. Then he opened up a second one, and a third one, and a fourth one. And then they opened up franchises around the world. And all of you have eaten at Colonel Sanders, Kentucky, fried chicken. Is the finger looking good? Arnold, (laughs) 
It's good chicken, isn't it? Harlan Sanders, that's what I was trying to say, Harlan. Harlan Sanders sold his interest in the franchise for millions of dollars. So suddenly he's no longer sitting on a, in a rocking chair waiting for a social security check. Do you know that the company came to him and said, we would like for you to be our spokesperson. We'd like for you to travel on behalf of the company. We will pay you a quarter of a million dollars a year if you'll make X number of appearances a year for us. And do you know that Harlan Sanders made a quarter of a million dollars until the day of his death? And it's all because here is a man, I mean, he just, he just said, listen guys, I'm not going to allow myself to be defeated by discouragement and by fear. And nobody can defeat discouragement and fear for you except you. You say, Tara, I'm just, I'm way too old to start a new career. Well, are you? At age 53, Margaret Thatcher became Britain's first female prime minister. At age 64, Francis Chichester sailed around the world in a 53-foot yacht alone. 64 years age. At age 65, Winston Churchill became the prime minister of England for the first time, and he inherited a war, a war with Adolf Hitler. At age 71, Golda Meir became the prime minister of Israel. At age 75, Ed Delano of California rode a bicycle 3,100 miles in 33 days from the West Coast all the way to Massachusetts. At age 80, Winston Churchill returned to the House of Commons as a member of Parliament, and he was an artist. He exhibited over 62 of his paintings. At the age of 80, Moses was standing in the wilderness, and God said, take off your shoes. The place that you're standing is holy ground. And for the next 40 years, he had a brand new career. At the age of 85, Caleb took his mountain. At the age of 81, Benjamin Franklin mediated between warring factions of the Continental Congress. At age 96, George Selbach scored a 110-yard hole-in-one at the Indian Springs Golf Course in Michigan, 96 years of age. On his 100th birthday, ragtime pianist U.B. Blake said, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I'd taken better care of myself. <laughs> Look at verse 5. God says, Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Now, this is very, very important for you to catch. Verse 5, no man's going to be able to stand before you. This is what God wanted to do 40 years earlier for the nation of Israel when Moses sent out, Numbers chapter 13, when he sent out the, the 12 spies. They came back saying it's a beautiful land, it flows with milk and honey, but there are giants in the land, there are big walled cities there, we're like grasshoppers in, in their eyes, we can't take the land. It's because they were leaning on their own understanding. 
What God wanted to do, God said, I want you to believe me and I want you to go forward and I'm going to put such fear in those people that no man will be able to stand before you. Let me help you with that a little bit. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 11, let me just read this to you. It says, this is Rahab the harlot talking to the spies at Jericho. She said, as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. And sometimes we go around looking at little old me. I've got nothing to, to, to offer God. God can't use me. This won't work. That won't work. It's because we're looking at ourselves instead of looking at the God who will work in the hearts of those that oppose us and God will fill them with such fear that they will turn and run glory to God I'm saying don't limit God no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses I'll be with you I'll never leave you nor forsake you folks I'm telling you Jesus is with you you don't have to pray and say, Jesus, be with me. He, if you, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, if He's your Savior, if He's your Lord, on the cross, He took captivity captive. He gave gifts to men. He shouted, it is finished. He said, it is finished. You don't have to say, Lord, please be with me. Let's look at Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6 together. He himself has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So we may boldly say, come on, say this aloud with me. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. See, folks, when you get between a rock and our place, you don't say, oh, Jesus, please be with me. He's already said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forget. You say, but I don't feel his presence. Your emotions are deceptive. When Jesus said, it is finished. Sometimes we're over here, oh God, would you please heal me? Please heal me. Folks, Jesus has already done everything he's going to do for your healing. I'm going to try over here. You guys. We're over here, oh God, would you please... Please meet my need. Please do this. Please do that. Jesus said, it is finished. He's not going to go back to the cross, honey. He's not going to have to go in the grave again and then come out just for you. He's already done that. He said, it is finished. He's waiting for somebody to stop limiting him and say, Lord, I received my healing. Healing has already been paid for. The atonement for my sins is paid for. My deliverance is paid for. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. The opening of the prison doors to the captives. And yet some of us think we're still in prison. Wait for Him to come unlock it. He said in in Revelation 1, the keys of the kingdom of God have been given unto me. I give you the keys, Peter. He's already unlocked it. Come on, I'm just saying. We're over here saying, oh God, please somehow, someway, do something. He's already done it. He's waiting for somebody to arise and say, Lord, I receive it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's called finished work theology, and the Assemblies of God was founded on finished work theology. Hallelujah. 
man named Durham in Chicago, back in when the Assemblies of God was getting founded, he had that revelation. Jesus has done it. Huh. So again, look at Hebrews 13, 5 through 6, through new eyes. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Hallelujah. Last month, we were looking at Psalms 91. And I shared with you that when our family in 1988 first moved up to Illinois to plant a new church, we had started services. We're meeting in the Meadowbrook Elementary School on Sunday mornings. And I started having a reoccurring dream on Saturday nights. I would wake up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning with this dream because I was dreaming that I was standing and preaching in the elementary school. And we had 30 or 40 people there, and that's about what we were running in those days. And, and somebody walked in, and they pulled out a gun, and they shot me. And I would wake up every time I'd hear that bullet. I would wake up. In fear and dread. And I would get up, sometimes it was two o'clock, sometimes three o'clock, sometimes four o'clock, and I would go downstairs and I'd take out my Bible and I'd begin meditating in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, which says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And I just began to meditate on that and I began to speak it out loud. And I, and I started praying a prayer that I prayed many, many times. I said, Lord, I'm not afraid to die for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I want to live for the sake of my wife. I want to live for the sake of my children. I want to live and fulfill the ministry you called me to. But Lord, here's the truth. My life is yours. <laughs> I decree the devil can't take me out prematurely. But Lord, I am yours and I'm given over to you. Folks, God's not given you a spirit of fear but a power, love, and a sound mind. Look again at verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Would you say those, just say that, 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 that phrase, be strong and of good courage. Say it one more time. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only, here it is again, be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. God says, listen, I've got prosperity for you. I've got success for you. But it's conditional on you being the right person and you doing the right things. See, there are over 7,000 promises in the word of God. But all 7,000 of them are conditional upon you and me being the right people and doing the right things. Now look what he says. He says, I want you to be strong and of good courage. Think about that. Be strong. Ephesians tells us that we're to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I, I believe he's saying, hey, Joshua, you cannot afford to buckle under pressure. You can't afford to buckle under fear and frustrations. Do you know that 51 times in the Bible, we read the phrase, do not be afraid. Everybody say that with me. Do not be afraid. 51 times in the King James and New King James Version. 
Did you know that 89 times the Bible says, fear not? What were the first words of the angel to Mary? Don't be afraid, Mary. What were the first words of the angel when the women went to the tomb? Because they wanted, they wanted to, 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 to put good smelling stuff on the body of Christ. Angel says, be not afraid. Hallelujah. Fear not. Be not afraid. <laughs> see, see, that doesn't mean that you don't experience the physiological manifestations of being afraid. There are times that you're going to be strong in the Lord, but your knees may still be knocking. Hey, that's okay. There may be times that, that, that you're going to be strong in the Lord, but you may have a cold sweat running down your back. There may be times that your heart may start beating real fast. That's okay. It's kind of like, do you remember the, the, the story of Elizabeth Elliot? She and her husband were missionaries in Ecuador back in the 1950s. And her husband and some more men took a, a, a lightweight plane and they landed on a beach next to a river in Ecuador because they wanted to reach the Agua Indians with the gospel. They found a hunting party. And they thought that they could befriend these, the, 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 these, these Indians and give them free gifts and, 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 and tell them about Jesus Christ. Well, sadly, all of those missionaries were killed that day. Elizabeth Elliot and her children moved back from South America or Central America. They moved back to the States. Several years later, Elizabeth is praying and one day the Holy Spirit impresses her, go back down to Ecuador and take the gospel to the Aqua Indians. She said, but Lord, I'm afraid I can't do that. And she argued with God. Have you ever argued with the Lord? She began arguing with the Lord. And finally, she confessed to a friend. She said, you know, every time I pray, the Holy Spirit keeps whispering to my heart that I'm to go back down to Central America and, and do the, the ministry my husband was doing. But I'm afraid. And her friend looked at her and said, Elizabeth, you might have to do it afraid. Everybody look at me. When you're strong in the Lord, it doesn't mean you don't feel and experience the emotions of fear, but it means that you push on. Even though you're experiencing fear, you go forward anyway. Amen? Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. Everybody say courage. When you're courageous, you're not yielding to fear. Courage is actually the ability to face danger and difficulty and uncertainty and even to face pain and not be overcome by fear of being def- being deflected from your chosen course of action. You know, one of the greatest examples of courage was, was back in, I think it was in 2011 or 2012, Florida State played Notre Dame. And the champ sports bowl, I'm serious about this. Florida State played Notre Dame. In the third quarter, E.J. Manuel, the Florida State quarterback, broke his leg. He broke a bone in his leg. But in the fourth quarter, guess who was running for touchdowns? E.J. Manuel. He was in lots and lots of pain, but he says, I'm going forward Anyway, hallelujah. First Samuel 30, verse 6, David was in pain. His wife and children had been kidnapped. His army looked at him and said, David, it's your fault. We're going to stone you. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And there are times that we have to encourage ourselves. 
Some of the times that our emotions will waylay us if we, if we just go with that. In the book of Acts, we read of a man named Barnabas. Barnabas, his very name means son of consolation or son of encouragement. There was something about Barnabas. He encouraged other people. Don't you like to be around folks that are encouraging you? Amen. Wouldn't you pay double for somebody that would encourage you? Sure you would. Let me say this. Every person who's an encourager has first grabbed some courage. I'm going to say it again. If you're going to be an encourager, you first got to grab some courage because you can't give away what you don't have. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Glory to God. So think about Barnabas. It was Barnabas who the disciples sent down to Antioch to check out the revival. And when he saw the work of the Holy Spirit, he encouraged these Gentile Christians to continue in the Lord. It was Barnabas who traveled all the way to modern-day Turkey, to Tarsus, to find the Apostle Paul. And he encouraged Paul. And it was Barnabas who brought Paul all the way back to Antioch. And he says, Paul, I think you're to be a leader in this church. He was an encourager. It was Barnabas who went to the leaders, James and, and, and Peter and John, and said, hey, this Saul of Tarsus guy, he's legit. We can trust him. It was Barnabas who went with Paul on their first missionary journey. And it was Barnabas who took a young man named John Mark with them. And John Mark got discouraged and he left them. Have you ever gotten discouraged? Come on, have you ever quit something? Come on. Have you ever been sorry that you quit it? Sure, that's usually the way it is. John Mark quit. But it was Barnabas who in Acts chapter 15 went and found John Mark and he encouraged John Mark. And you and I have got a gospel in our Bibles called the gospel of Mark because Barnabas was an encourager because Barnabas grabbed some courage. Amen. Verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Everybody say meditate. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This book of the law. Glenn, come on to the keyboard. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate there's a lot of things we need to depart from our mouths you need to let cynicism depart from your mouth you need to let criticism and complaints depart from your mouth because it's not going to help you you need to let negative thoughts i mean how many know you don't have to speak every negative thought that comes to your mind there's a lot of stuff we need to let depart from our mouth but he says don't let the word of god depart from your mouth he says meditate in it Day and night. That word meditate means to speak again and again. You know, the Jews have a way of praying. It's called davening. And uh, some of you have seen video of Jews standing at the wailing wall. And they will stand there and they will rock back and forth. How many of you have seen that? Yeah, they're rocking back and forth. What they're doing is they're reciting, reciting scripture again and again. And again, this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but I shall meditate in it day and night, that I might observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make my way prosperous, and I shall have good success. This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth. They're speaking it again 
and again and again and again. I've never tried to memorize Scripture, but I have meditated on Scripture for a lot of years. I close my eyes, and I'm just speaking it again and again and again. And, and, and now, now, now look, that's not all I do. I reach out and I embrace, and I get some sanctified hope. And I say, Lord, I thank you that this Scripture is being fulfilled in my life. And I begin to see that Scripture through the eyes of faith. Folks, there have been times, there have been seasons here at Evangel where financially, the church, we didn't have enough money to pay all our bills. And we've never come to you, at least while I've been your pastor these last 14 years, I've never come to you and said, we don't have enough money. If you don't give, we're going under, because I don't believe that. I just believe we were in a cash flow crunch. And so I start meditating on Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. And I close my eyes, and I begin to see God bringing in money. I begin seeing Malachi chapter 3 being fulfilled. God opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out a blessing upon you. I start praying for your blessing and for your prosperity and for your obedience. I start seeing through the eyes of faith, I see you being obedient to the scripture. Amen. I see you bringing all the tithe into the storehouse. The Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. There have been so many times I'll pray and I'll read my Bible, but then I'll take the scripture and I'll meditate on it. And I'll say, Holy Spirit, help draw a word picture of this scripture being fulfilled. Holy Spirit, you're the glory and you're the lifter of our head. Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, and these signs shall follow those that believe in my name, they will cast out devils. I can't tell you how many times with my eyes closed and meditating on the scriptures, I've seen myself binding the powers of darkness. I've seen myself saying, I adjure thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You foul devil, you may have come in one way, but you're going to flee seven ways in Jesus' name. And you might say, well, are you saying that believers are filled with devils? I'm, I'm saying that believers can be oppressed by the devil. Hallelujah. But there's victory in the name of Jesus. Can't tell you how many times. See, Jesus said, believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I can't tell you how many times I'll meditate on this scripture and I will see myself laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. See, sometimes you gotta, Drew, you gotta see it before you see it. I remember I used to be afraid I wouldn't get out of high school. Honestly, I used to, I was over at Rickards High School and I remember thinking, oh Lord, I'll never graduate. I'll never graduate. I'll never get out of here. But I had to start seeing myself graduate. I went off to college. I thought I'm not gonna make it. I wasn't a good student. Almost didn't make it. But somebody helped me learn to study. And I had to start seeing myself making good grades. And Drew, it didn't happen at first. Didn't happen my freshman year or my sophomore year, but by my junior year, I was on the dean's list. That's a miracle. 
Somebody should shout, say, hallelujah, there is a God. <laughs> I went on to graduate school and did a master's degree. I didn't, I, Brianna, I didn't think I had a, a, a chance. I was admitted, um, what's it called when you're admitted? Provisionally. Because I didn't have the necessary undergraduate degree to get in, or, or grades to get in. I was admitted provisionally. But did you know, Brianna, I made the, the dean's list? Graduated with like a 3.9 average. Do you know I went and did a second master's degree? And I aced the whole, every class that I took. That's not because of Terrell Todd. That's because there's a God who says, if you'll not let my word depart from your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written therein, I'm going to make your way prosperous. And I'm going to give you good success. But you see, see, you, 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 here's our problem. We pray one thing. We say, oh God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. But then in our minds, our minds are filled with failure. Our hearts are filled. We, we, we see disaster. Some people are that way. They say, oh, I want to be healed. Oh, pray for me that I'll be healed. But in their mind, they're already planning the funeral. You got to see it sometimes before you see it. Hallelujah. God's helped Kathy and I over the years to buy and sell real estate, but it was never part of, I, I didn't have a, a, a vision and a plan for, some of you got a vision and a plan for that kind of thing. I just kind of fell into it because we had to live someplace and the places that we lived, uh, real estate was, 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 was doing really well. And so when we sold it, we made a profit. But I finally called on and said, God, I need to start believing you. I need to see you blessing me in this way. And I began to see. Come on. You can't, some of you, some of you are in bondage because you see poverty. You got a poverty mentality. Your mom and your daddy spoke poverty. And your aunt and your uncle and your grandparents say, well, we're never going to have anything and nothing's going to ever work out for us. And we're always going to rent and we're never going to have this and we're never going to have that. At some point in time, I'm going to tell you something. It says in Deuteronomy that God is the one who gives us the power to have wealth. But God doesn't give you the power to have wealth just so you can have wealth. It's so you can be blessed to be a blessing to other people. But you've got to see it. Sonia, I'm so glad to see you this morning because I've been praying for you all week. Because I got your prayer request the week before Easter and things were so crazy around there I didn't get a chance to call you. But I'm so glad to see you. Can I pray for you right now? And then... Can I just pray for the thing you put on your request? In Jesus' name, I rebuke this breast cancer. I rebuke it from the crown of Sonia's head to the soles of her feet. <laughs> you foul, afflicting, tormenting spirits of cancer. I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You take off. You can't oppress my sister. You cannot try to bring this infirmity in her life. In the name of Jesus, I pull it out by the roots. I pull it out by the roots. I pull it out by the roots. I pull it out by the roots in the name of Jesus. I pull it out by the roots in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You foul devil, you may come in one way, but you got to flee seven ways. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
I adjure you, you foul spirits of infirmity. Huh? Don't you even try to come back. Don't you even try to come back. I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak healing and wholeness to her. I speak healing and wholeness to Sonia. Healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Marie Noel, while I was preaching a minute ago, I was up here and I I looked over here at you. And I know you have suffered. And yet you're fighting the good fight. And in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord God, we speak healing and wholeness from the crown of Marie Noel's head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You foul, afflicting, tormenting demons of infirmity, I bind you. And I pull you out by the roots in Jesus' name. I bind you and I pull you out by the roots in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bind you and I pull you out by the roots in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, worship Him, saints. Come on. Worship Him. Come on, worship Him. Worship Him. Worship Him. Worship Him. In Jesus' mighty name. In you, Stephanie, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I rebuke every demonic spirit. I rebuke this cancer. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it in the name of the Lord. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I pull this thing out by the roots. I pull it out by the roots in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Pray for my neck. Okay, Walker's asked us to pray for his neck. Lord, I speak healing. Yes, Jesus. I speak a miracle right now to his neck. In Jesus' name. From the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord God, I speak healing. I speak healing. I speak healing. I speak healing. I tell it to, to loosen up. I tell, I tell these vertebrae and the muscles and the bones, Lord, the ligaments, God, to, to loosen up. Oh, Jesus. God, I pray a miracle for Walker. I pray a miracle in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray you could totally relax. Totally relax. You foul, afflicting, tormenting devils, I rebuke you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Walker, for that opportunity to pray for you. 
Friday, Friday, my mom and dad celebrated their 67th wedding anniversary. 67. Yeah. So Kathy went and bought a cake. And uh, we took it over, and, and Dad certainly appreciated it. Mom, you know, mom, Mom's not doing so good. And um, then Kathy turned to me, and she said, Terrell, we've had cake before we've had anything to eat. You go to Chick-fil-A. I said, okay, yes, ma'am. So I headed off to Chick-fil-A. And there were a couple of cars in front of me, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if they were texting, I don't know what they were doing, but they were going nowhere fast. <laughs> and I found myself getting so irritated. I mean, I was just angry. Boom! <laughs> Got around them. But I was still angry. And I thought, this is nuts. I mean, we've just celebrated the 67th wedding anniversary, and I'm angry. What's going on? And I said, Holy Spirit, what's happening inside me? Why am I so angry? And that still small voice, I'm driving down North Monroe towards Chick-fil-A. And that still small voice said, you're angry because you can't control your mom's situation. You're a control freak. I said, Lord, I repent. Now what? I repent. Here, I'm driving to Chick-fil-A. And that still small voice said, you've got to yield to me. You've got to give control to me. I took, placed my order at Chick-fil-A. Now I'm back in the car, driving back north on North Monroe. I'm crying. Now, Jesus, I give you control. Jesus, I repent. Forgive me for trying to control everything. Lord, I yield to you. I yield. I receive the grace to yield. I receive the grace to trust. Lord, forgive me. I'm going to tell you, by the time I got back, Not only was I not angry, I was a new person. Suddenly I had a peace that I hadn't had. Yesterday yesterday morning we had a a great men's meeting. I wish all of you men could have been there. Had a great men's breakfast. And I felt like at that point in time that, that I wanted to close this service today by asking every man in the house to stand to your feet. I'm going to ask every man to stand, if you will. And every man in this house would say, I want to give control to Jesus. I give him control. I give him the right of way to do whatever he wants to do in my life. I'm going to trust the Lord instead of trying to control my own life. I just want you to come down here with us, men. Come down here with us. Come on. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. 
Jesus, I'm going to quit trying to control everything. Jesus, I'm going to quit. (laughs) Lord, underneath that anger, sometimes there's hurt. Guys, underneath that anger, sometimes there's bitterness. Underneath the anger, sometimes there's actually hopelessness. Sometimes underneath the anger, there's fear. Sometimes underneath the anger, there's just all kinds of emotions. And you just got to give it all to God. Come on. Come on, man, right now. Just begin to cry out to God. Let there be a thunder as you cry out to God. Come on all over this house. Lord, I cry out to you. I give you control of my life. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. I give you control. Come on, tell him that, man. Come on. I give you control. I yield to you in the name of Jesus. I give you control. I yield to you, Lord Jesus. I give you control. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Enter in. Come on. Open your mouth. Come on, Lord. I give you control. Come on. I give you control, Jesus. I yield to you, Lord. I give you control, Jesus. I yield to you, Lord God. I give you control, Jesus. I yield to you, Lord God. I give you control, Lord Jesus. I yield to you, Lord Jesus. I give you control, Lord. I yield to you, Lord Jesus. I give you control. Come on. I give you control, Jesus. Come on. I give you control. Hallelujah. Now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind every spirit of hopelessness. I bind every spirit of despair. I bind every spirit of depression that would attack the men of God in this house in Jesus' name. I bind you, you foul, afflicting, tormenting devils. You foul, afflicting, tormenting devils. You foul, afflicting, tormenting devils. I've commanded you to be gone. Now, gentlemen, I want you to say, devil, be gone in Jesus' name. Come on. Just say, devil, take a hike in the name of Jesus. Devil, be gone today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.